the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know that means it's the date day edition of the program. And Paula is live in studio with me. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, pretty much anything and everything that's on your heart. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-340. 9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877-630-KSLR. If you want to email questions, you can email questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. Just hit the call now better. Excuse me. Now, see, you're still getting me. You can use the uh, free KSLR mobile app. Hit the call now, Benner. <clears throat> Excuse me. Take you sound really kind of <laughs> scratchy there, mister. And so, come on. I just took a bad, I swallowed bad. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And it got me. Yeah. So, hit the call now, Benner, at the top of the screen. Everything else will be hands-free. Mm-hmm. And you will be connected to the most important guy in the studio, our producer, because without him, this don't happen. <laughs> um, we'd love to have your calls, Paula. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the stuff that's on your heart, okay, we've got a question that came in, and I uh, thought we'd take this early so we don't miss it. Sometimes we get carried away and mm-hmm. miss some of these questions. You want me to read it? Yeah, you, you get your it. voice. Okay, it says, Hi, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. My wife constantly accuses me of being too friendly at church. She doesn't think I should be hugging particular people. I really don't know how to address this situation. She has said something about me being too friendly, I guess, a handful of times. Please help. Why don't you answer from your perspective, then I'll answer. Okay. All right. Well, you know, wives, we need to kind of be okay with our husbands being friendly, but at the same time, I'm wondering why she is so um, maybe insecure. Do you have a bad reputation of being a little bit too friendly in the first place? There's Usually those things happen because of something that happened before that you guys haven't gotten that resolved. So first things first, I would sit down and, and you guys talk about why this is happening. Um, and resolve that because if you're picking out uh, maybe certain people, because it says particular, I, I don't think that's yeah. probably. I mean, it sounds like it's of course just women. Yeah, generally speaking, it's yeah. probably women. But is it is it those that appeal to you more than others? Are you being friendly just to a certain type and not friendly to everybody? That would be a a bone of contention here as well. If we're not, if we're, if there's some drama from the past, get that figured out. 
I would say that. Yeah, I think sometimes, Paula, we, we, we don't resolve older issues. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we forget that, that the old is gone and the new has come. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to, to, to dig a little bit more deeply into this. First of all, we're supposed to be friendly at church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a friendly church. This mm-hmm. is a hugging church. Yep. And I hug and kiss everybody yep. and you hug and kiss everybody. Yep. Yep. And that's just the way it is. Um, uh, the problem here is is you've got to search and and the value of an honest conversation between you and your wife can't be overstated but you got to search your heart have you given her reason to be insecure have you given her reasons to to uh, feel uncomfortable um, it's really important that that the two of you sit down and in fact this is something that I'm assuming this is somebody from our church um, um, Calling me Mama Paula. Yeah, we we were pastors <laughs> would would be be happy to sit down with the two of you and sort of work this through. Um, but until this is worked through, uh, if I were the husband in this situation, I would tell my wife, "I love you. I love you um, more than anything else. So if you don't want me to hug women, I won't hug women. There you go. And I won't do it um, um, mm-hmm. out of respect for you and mm-hmm. out of love for you. But." And here's the, the, the important however. Um, um, I would ask her to really pray about her motives here. Mm-hmm. Jealousy is not a fruit of the Spirit. No, it isn't. It really isn't. Jealousy is a bad fruit of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't typically want to accommodate our flesh. And so the idea here is if, if she's being jealous, ask her to make you a promise that she will seek the Lord on this. And she'll find out what's in her mm-hmm. that's causing her to be jealous if, in fact, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the two of you can deal with it together. But this has got to be something that is resolved. It can't be something that's sort of left hanging out there. What you need to do is be able to talk to one another. Paula, one of the things that is frustrating to, to both you and me um, when we, we, we do so much marriage counseling is, um, it's frustrating because husbands and wives don't really talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about all the time being in the Word together. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the Bible together, you're going to talk about things mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, being in the Word together, there's a supernatural component in the Word of God. And when you're in the Word together, God is going to show you one another's hearts. The new heart, not the old heart. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to get rid of some of that old stuff. And then you'll be free to walk together in the spirit. So it has to be resolved. Um, for now, um, what you would do is you would simply say to her, um, I won't hug women if, in fact, that's what makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I need you to really examine your heart here. Uh, there's nothing in my heart that is is untoward. There's nothing in my heart uh, that, that should cause you to be jealous. Um, so you deal with the Lord on this thing. But get in the Word together. Mm-hmm. Pray for one another. Mm-hmm. Pray with one another. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, Anonymous, these kinds of things are going to go away. That's that's the work that the Holy Spirit does. Yep, absolutely. So, hope you take our counsel. Thank you for sending in the question. Mm-hmm. Okay, Paula, it's Thursday. That means it's your show. So what's God put on your heart today? Well, first off, I want to uh, in, invite the ladies to our women's retreat. Now, I'll probably say that every week. Um, and we will probably fill up kind of fast. I think we're already over 100 ladies. And we have other Calvary chapels that will be joining us. So um, it's the women's retreat March 3rd through the 5th at Camp Buckner. And registration is now online for sure. So um, please go. And uh, the theme is Occupy from Luke um, 1913, where it says, um, be about your father's business, basically. You know, it's about the talents, but don't bury your talents. Uh, share Jesus with however, whatever gift he's given you, um, because the time is, is very short. And man, does it ever feel like it. It's getting shorter and shorter, quicker and quicker. Yeah, it really does. I, I know I'm going to be like like Peter's passage of Scripture. People have been saying that for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. But, man, it, it just seems like the world is is devolving so quickly yeah. uh, into that place where Jesus is ready to He's get up and come. He's got to be yeah. ready to get up. Come on, yeah. Jesus, you know. So, anyway. Yeah. Guest speaker, who's the speaker? Mercedes Miller from Grapevine Calvary Chapel. 
She's really, really good. And yeah. She's been here before. The she's been here before, her. and I love her. And, you know, I know after a while she's going to say, Paula, come on. There's other people out there. But, you know, when you love somebody and you enjoy their teaching so much, um, it's really kind of exciting to see what she's going to bring this time. So, anyway, I'm excited. Well, let's take a phone call from Washington State. Let's go to line one and talk with Jim. Jim, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. You're on the air. Hello, Paula and Ron. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. I got a little bit of a cold. Yeah, we can hear that little scratchy voice in there. That's so, but yes. we love you anyway. Go ahead. How are you guys? We're doing good. I guess when you go live in Washington, that's what happens to your voice. <laughs> I got the same thing in Texas. Yeah, okay. Oh. We miss you, Jim. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We are doing good. I just I was thinking about you guys on the way. I'm driving down the highway today and. Thinking about you guys, I thought, I'm going to try to call. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So, so are you driving down the highway to San Antonio? No, 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 no. <laughs> north. <laughs> north. Going north. Well, oh, we're oh, not north. Yeah, you didn't. I didn't hear yeah. the north. Okay. Next, next stop, Canada. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> no, not Canada. Not Canada. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, just, I just wanted to call and say, love you guys. Yeah, we're doing good. Rose doing good. Uh, the kids good. are doing good. Grandkids are beautiful. Aww. And Aww. Daily, we, daily we pray for Myra. Okay. Yes, we're praying so, too. Yes. Yeah, we're praying we too. So, give, give my love to Samuel uh, and yeah, Megan. Just, yeah, they're doing good. Doing good. Yeah. So, Thank you, Jim. We yeah. mi- we miss you guys. We miss we miss Roe more than we yeah, miss you. Yeah, it's really Roe. But we miss yeah. you. Hey, watch it, watch it now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God bless you, man. Thanks. What a sweet oh, thing to nice, Jim. Thank you. Nice surprise. Nice surprise. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions or comments for Paula, Paula, what's next? Well, you know, I keep talking about this, Pastor Ron. Uh, that song where he called my name and I ran out of the grave, you yeah, know? I like that. And and recently, you know, I had the the Omicron or the crummy crumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was I was at home a couple of days and, and the Lord was you know, we were talking and it was like, Okay, he was trying to show me some of those things that are in my grave, you know, that he's called my name and I run out of the grave, but every once in a while, you know, the grave kind of calls to you. Yeah, but you you weren't supposed to take your stuff in the grave and bring them with you. See, yeah, he, that's what he's trying to tell me. He said, look, I've already delivered everybody who's a Christian. You've already been delivered from all of those things. And so um, it's kind of like we've been set free, you know, in the bird cage. The, the, the door is open. And yet the bird just stays on the perch. You know, it's like it's like, come on out, leave that leave the, the 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 stuff on the bottom of the cage in there and come out into the fresh air and be free. And so anyway, um so it was one of those things where the Lord was kind of showing what's in that grave, what he really has delivered me from, you know. And yet there's some times when I feel like I'm still in that grave. And when you don't feel good I'm telling you, grave calls to you, right? <laughs> so uh, here's here's my list. I, I got a list, and it's probably longer than this, but, you know, I was only down really two days. So had I been sick longer, I might have had a bigger list, but this is enough. So, you know, I think we all kind of deal with pride sometimes, and, and that's so stupid, you know, like you're better than somebody. or Anyway, so pride, then self-pity, um, some resentment, worry, Impatience, man, unbelief, self-condemnation, and kind of all of that results from my past. And so the Lord's like, you know what? I need you to, you can recognize these things, and when these come up, remember, I have delivered you. You don't have to, You, I called your name and you ran out of that grave. And so when the grave calls to you, you can say, no, that's the old, old life. This is the new life. So when any of those things begin to kind of call to me or I'm acting in any of these, um, the Lord says, no, 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 
you're out of that grave. Walk like you're out of that grave. And so that's what I was going through. So my my encouragement to the radio listening audience, because they're out there, and a whole bunch more of them are like me than maybe like you. And uh, the Lord's calling our names again to come out of that grave. And, uh, you know, if you've gone back and you're like, I'm never going to change. I've been the same forever. And, you know, it's I, the Lord said, no, no, I already delivered you. Even while you were yet sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for you. And so you're you're out of the grave. Now live like you're out of the grave. You know, Paula, I do a message uh, called Grave Clothes. Mm-hmm. And it's when Jesus goes to Lazarus, goes to the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm -hmm. And he comes out. And Jesus' first command to the people around is, take off the grave clothes. And, and, you know, in in Jesus' day, when they buried somebody in one of those tombs, they, they wrapped him up like a mummy. Mm-hmm. So when he said, Lazarus, come come out, <laughs> Lazarus would have had to come hopping out. He couldn't move his feet or anything. Mm-hmm. So so he was all bound yeah. uh, in the grave. And, and now he's out looking around. And, and they, 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 the first thing that they needed to do was remove the grave clothes so they could be free. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of grave clothes. You mentioned pride, um, uh, procrastination, spiritual laziness, uh, jealousy. The, mm-hmm. the, I didn't have those on my list. Uh, well, I'm just saying there's all kinds of other <laughs> yeah, ones yeah, besides yeah, the sure. ones you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, jealousy, there's just all kinds of, we don't have to keep repeating the same behavior. Mm-hmm. And if we'll understand that, if we believe it, um, then we can be free. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and we don't need to walk with our grave clothes on any longer. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the important things that we, we really need to understand. It's, it's, it really is if you've been delivered something from something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Lazarus wouldn't go back and say, you know, that, that tomb was pretty comfortable and wrap himself up again mm-hmm. in the grave clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he would have been home with Mary and Martha. Yeah. Uh, the neighbors would have come over. I mean, mm-hmm. what a great moment that would be mm-hmm. if we take our grave clothes with us. I just think there's a, a, a problem with a lot of Christians who uh, honestly don't have the faith. They've got the faith to believe in Jesus, but they don't have the faith to believe that those old ties, uh, the old things that cause them difficulty, uh, are gone. Mm-hmm. It's not that they will be gone or they could be gone. They're gone. Mm. And and we literally are running back into the grave to, to wrap ourselves up in those things again because that's what our flesh wants to do, and that's what the enemy wants to do, and he uses our flesh to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, uh, Martha said, you know, by now he stinketh, you know, and and as Christians, we're supposed to be that sweet aroma, you know. Um, and so when these things kind of come around, we can, with faith, say, no, 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 I've been delivered from those. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to um, condemn myself. I don't have to walk in unbelief. I don't have to be impatient. Oop, I was impatient, you know, kind of a thing. That, that's not who I am. Um it's not me who sins, but sin living in me is what the Apostle Paul that's said. That's exactly what. And sin has already been evicted. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that um, God's not going to condemn the sin living in me. Me, He condemns the sin living in me. He doesn't condemn me. So with that being said, anybody stuck in their grave or um, putting the grave clothes back on? They stinketh. They stinketh. That's the King James. That's right. Yeah. And we don't have to hobble around any longer. We've been set free. So, you know, come on out. And then I was looking at, you know, I love going over my my notes because I take, this is my word, copious notes. <laughs> so uh, from First Kings, Loose Ends. And the, the kind of the title, but it's not really the title. It, it's Loose Ends. You said that. But um, we can't have people who aren't with us walking with us. You know, even though um, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so we have to live separate lives. And that's so difficult sometimes, especially um, when you have friends and family that you want them to be saved too. And, you know, you're spending a lot of time with them. And but and they're still saying the same thing. They're still doing the same old stuff. Man, when is it, Pastor Ron, I'm asking the question to you so you could answer it to everybody else. Um, when is that time when you have to just draw that line and say, you know, I just can't hang out with you any longer? Today. 
you know, the writer to the Hebrews, the Apostle Paul says, throw off everything that hinders. We focus on the next line and the sin that so easily entangles. But there's a lot of people who are dragging stuff around that is hindering their walk with the Lord. And most of the things that are being dragged are relationships. Um, Old friends, family members who just don't want us, you know, when we're committed to the Lord, our light shines a little too brightly. They think we're a little too overzealous. Um, um, what we've got to remember to do is, is Lord, anything that keeps me from submitting completely to you has to go. Mm-hmm. And it hurts our hearts. Our flesh hates it. Uh, the enemies saying, well, you're supposed to win them to Christ. We, we can't win them to Christ. We don't win anybody to Christ. Yeah. Uh, but our witness can be used by the Holy Spirit to win people to Christ. And if our witness is compromised... If we're being hindered mm-hmm. in following Jesus, then in fact, uh, there's there's nothing about our lives that is attractive enough for them to to desire. Yeah. And so uh, the answer to your question is is it's now. Throw off everything that hinders is in the continuous present tense. It's something that we have to do now and continue to do each and every day of our lives. The the Bible study you were referencing was Solomon uh, as he is established on his throne. Uh, but before he takes over and is solely responsible for the kingdom after his father David is, has died, um, um, he's got some loose ends. He's got Adonijah. He's got uh, Shimei, uh, Joab, and Ahithophel. He's got he's got these people who um, have already demonstrated that they're not loyal to the throne. Mm-hmm. And and if he's going to start fresh, you can't start fresh. Um, hoping that old baggage gets hops on the train, you know, and, and okay, well, we'll follow you. They can't be trusted. So um, what we've got to do is we walk with our king, our king who is perfect and righteous. Anything or anyone that keeps us from walking in the light, remember, Jesus is the light. Mm-hmm. If they turn us toward darkness even a little bit, uh, if our attitude um, um, isn't grateful and joyous, um, then we've got to get rid of those things because they prevent us from being able to be with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And you went on to say later in that study that our loyalty to Jesus is not a temporary thing either um, and that we will be tested. And it's more about finishing well than just starting well. You know, um, for... I don't know. I don't know. I've been trying to witness to a couple of people, you know, taking them out uh, for lunch and this kind of stuff. And they just, it's just the same old story, you know, and they really aren't devoted to Jesus at all. And it just kind of breaks my heart to, I got to let you go. You know, I got to let you go. And and Paula, you are one of the slowest people to let go (laughs) of anybody I know. But I had a question yesterday about casting your pearls before swine. Yeah. And, you know, when people stop listening, yeah. then we're actually making it harder for them. I, I say all the time that that uh, every time you say no to Jesus makes it easier to say no the next time. Mm-hmm. And so after once, twice, maybe we're being generous three times, <laughs> it's time to say, I got nothing else for you. Yeah. You, you know, you keep telling the same stories. It's the same um, problems, uh, you're miserable, and I've I've shown you how to change, and you don't want to. So I love you, and I'll be praying for you. And my heart is broken because of you, but I have no reason to spend more time with you. Yeah. You know, m- most of the time, people who are really mired in their old grave clothes, um, um, what they want is attention. Mm. They want sympathy, mm. and while we want to be empathetic. Um, giving people sympathy to remain in sin doesn't help at all to solve the problem. And it it might make them feel better about you. Mm. And the enemy is is lying to you and telling Mm -hmm. you, uh, you know, uh, well, well, they need you. And, and, you know, you just have to understand the situation they're in. There's no understanding sin. You got to get it. You got to cut those ties. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, when people don't listen I, I always let people know, look, you know where I am. I'm always going to be here. And uh, as long as I'm here, I'll be available to you. But you got to come. Don't come until you're ready to go to Jesus. Because that's where I'm going to lead him to be. That's and right. I just think, Paul, 
it's 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 easier to complain uh, and grumble about all of the reasons you can't follow Jesus. Um, it, it it in a perverse way feels good to our flesh. Um, we love it when people put their arms around us and say, "Oh, baby, it's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay." Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the prayer breakfast and other things, I always tell the ladies if somebody's crying or you know they're in their prayer and stuff. Just sit where you are because that's what we want to do. We want to fix it. We want to say, okay, baby, it's going to be okay. But we don't know that. And um, so, yeah, that's true. And we, we, we want to send people to the one that can make things okay. That's, that's right. You know, I love coming to church here because um, you even, you're so, like, forward, you know. It's just force, forceful. Because you said running to church means nothing if you don't repent. There's no safe place, even church, if you have no intention of letting the Lord have his way to change you. It's hard to come to this church if you ain't serious about the Lord. I'm just saying. Hey, we would love any calls or comments. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand on for life and we'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the program it's thursday the date day edition of the show and paula has a lot to share on her heart and great information for all of you if you have any questions 340-9585 why are you looking at me like that Oh, it's a good thing it's not TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hurt my feelings a little bit. Wait, okay, sorry. I repent. Okay. What? You you said to me today, what? you said, um, you're almost glad you were sick for a few days last week. Uh-huh. So it could be just you and Jesus like I was in your way. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> you were here at the office anyway. So, yeah. And I still had to get you here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, get out the car. I got to go back home and lay down. And he had to do everything else for me. (laughs) (laughs) Big crown when I get there. (laughs) Right? (laughs) A lot of tentacles. Grave clothes. Take them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, so when we get to, when we call Jesus Lord, it's expected that we obey. So, you know, before, when I first met you, I heard that voice from heaven said, this is the one for life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's killing me, Lord. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, he wants me to obey. He wants me to be that good help me to you. And, and you know what the coolest thing is? Um, so many people, and I had a conversation today on the phone before I came over here, of somebody just, they love how we love each other. And they love how you look at me when I'm either on stage or whatever. Um and just how we're friends and we love each other. And it's that's all the Lord. But um, it's a good thing. So That's what every marriage in Christ is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to have that kind of marriage apart from Christ. Um, but, but in Christ, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so this one, this young lady says, do you think there's a man like that out there for me? I said, well, just start praying because it wasn't always that way. <laughs> I said, Lord, will you make this man love me? <laughs> yeah. He says, how about you come to know me first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the love of God should have brought in our hearts, you know. And, and you say this, and some people used to get a little offended, I guess, um, where, I mean, you just said it the other day, and the, how much you love Jesus, but your love for him doesn't even compare. Well, your love for me doesn't compare either way. Yeah. His the love that you have for him is greater. Infinitely, I always say. Yeah, and that's so good for me. Yeah. Um, and his love in me for you, because even before I was beginning to pray for you, because you know I was trying to kill you, um, the Lord was letting me know I love him so much. I just love Ron so much. And I was like, 
Okay, and I heard it enough times. It's like, well, if you love him, then I, I, I probably should love him back, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, but he loves you so much, and um, that love that he's put in my heart. You know, Paul, I don't think people really understand the practical value of that Romans 5, 5 passage. Yeah. God has poured out his love into our hearts. And what we encounter all the time in marriages is, well, well, I love her or I love him, but I'm not in love with mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I can't help the way I feel. Mm-hmm. And you can. Yeah. All you have to do is die to yourself and then have a mustard seed grain of faith mm-hmm. to, to withdraw that love. You know, I don't have any money unless I go to the bank to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you need money, you go to the bank and, and withdraw it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, if I don't have any love for somebody, I got to make a withdrawal mm-hmm. from the love of God that's been poured out into my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of love God wants us to love the people that are important to us in our lives anyway. Yeah. He doesn't want me to love you with, with my limited, inadequate love. Yeah. He wants me to love you with his infinite wellspring of love mm-hmm. that never, ever begins to dry. It's like the living water. Drink of this water and you will never never thirst thirst again. again. And um, um, we Christians don't understand that because we've been so conditioned to respond to our feelings. And we've been conditioned in in movies and TV and books and magazines. And we see people that we admire, people that seem to be successful. And, And because they don't feel a certain way anymore, they just keep getting divorced. They're like serial divorcers. And and we just think that's normal. And so we get online and we run into somebody that we've never even seen physically face-to-face, but they're paying attention to us. Mm-hmm. Or they, they say nice things to us. Mm-hmm. And immediately the devil's there to say, well, well why doesn't your husband uh, talk to you like this? Or why doesn't your wife think about you like this? Mm-hmm. And then our feelings get carried away. And over the years, Paula, and we're no different than any other church, um, we've had a whole bunch of people just pick up and leave marriages and, and in some cases even children, both mm-hmm. men and women, mm-hmm. uh, because they fell in love. I met my soulmate online, and of course that never lasts either. No. <laughs> and and so it, it, it's that Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been shed abroad, the King James says, yep. um, by the Holy Spirit. So it's not something we have to make up. Mm-hmm. It's not fake it till you make it love. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, Jesus, I, I want to love him or love her the way you do. Yeah. And that's what you did for me when I was impossible to love. And that's why God told you, um, well, I love him. I love him. He would tell you this. I would sit on the edge of my bed just crying. Why is he like this, Lord? And he said, I know, but I love him so much. Yeah, and that's people are the way they are for a reason. Did you ever say, I'm going to quit you, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did say a couple of times, why? Why yeah. you love him so much? He's being a jerk. But no, he just loves you so much. He kept telling me that over and over again. And I was like, okay. And then you know that you said if you start praying for people with God's heart, he changes your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Because before I was just praying for you to, you know, be dead. <laughs> She she really is a loving wife. But but if you knew me before Christ, you'd understand why she wanted me to. Bring me the Christian man that you have for me, Lord. It's certainly not this one. This this can't be the one. Or you don't don't choose well, Lord, if this is the one. (laughs) I never did say that. But, no, maybe I did. Maybe I said, really? But, (laughs) but, you know, now it's like, wow, I love you more now than... Even when I first met, because when we first met, you know, it's more like puppy love kind of stuff. And just, you know, this is a mature love. This is a love that says, I'm in it. It's 52 years. <laughs> it's about time we got there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let this 11-day trip take 40 years, right, Lord? Yeah, But, you know, that's, that's a, a good thought, though. Um, you know, we, we should love Jesus more after we've been with him for, I've been 31 years, you've been for 44 Four, years. Pretty soon, next month. Yeah, and, and we should love him more now than we did that very first day when, when our, we were just overwhelmed by his love mm-hmm. uh, because we've gotten to know him better. Yeah. Well, well, a marriage should be exactly the same thing. Uh, we're, we're continually looking for faults. We're picking at one another. We're arguing with one another. We're selfish about things. 
Uh, and and so we we just sort of grow cold and hard-hearted toward our spouses. The reality is that we should love each other more. Uh, I can say for sure our marriage is more fun now than it was years ago. Yeah. Um, and it and it gets that way more and more. And as we get older, gosh, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You used to say to me, we Paul and I used to minister at nursing homes. Yeah. And it, it's a great ministry, by the way. I can't recommend it highly enough. You want to l- really learn to be a servant. Yeah. That's the place to do it. Mm-hmm. And we would we would go in and do Bible studies, and Paula would sing, and then we would meet with the people, you know, individually. And um, you used to say to me, "That's where we're going to get a room, just like that." <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're going to be we're going to be in this room together. Yeah. So when we we get a little bit older, this is the room we're going to be. Well, we're there. <laughs> We're there. I was so, talking about this to somebody just the other day. And so, because they were saying, we are not letting you go to a nursing home. We'll take you in. I said, well, the best thing for you is <laughs> you guys, all of you who said that you want to help take care of Pastor Ron and Mama Paula, what you need to do is get a list together, but let us stay in our own house. And so on. if you do like from Sunday to Saturday kind of a thing, by the time you get to Thursday, you call in the next person in line saying, <laughs> you know your day is coming on Saturday. Don't be late. We're going to leave these two in here alone because we just have about had it. So, yeah. But, no, yeah. But I used to say that, huh? Because I saw a picture where it was, uh, I even saw a movie like this where the husband and the wife were in the same room in the nursing home. Yeah. It just seemed so romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are you over there in that other building? Carrying your IV or anything around, your oxygen tank around. Yeah. Hey, lady, do I know you? <laughs> you know. But, but oh well. you know what? And, and the truth is. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Because we're old. <laughs> Why else would we be talking about it? The, the truth is <laughs> that we would have fun in nursing home. Yeah, we probably would. Yeah, as long as there are people to tell people tell about Jesus yeah. too, and uh-huh. and um, you know you're fun. Yeah, yeah. So of course we'd have fun there. Yeah. I'd be singing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I remember all the words. But anyway, like like Bessie. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. After every song, her teeth, false teeth would oh, fall out. Oh my goodness! She'd smile so big her false teeth would fall out. Come, Lord Jesus, come, please! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get going anymore. But anyway, yeah, we are. We do have a lot of fun. It's kind of like this even at our house sometimes. But we anyway. But we should be grateful every day, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, because the Lord is is merciful and gracious to me. And it's, you know, you said something. I think it was last night. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah. Was it last night? One twenty-six. Yeah, um, you asked you asked the church this question: If Jesus appeared to you in person and said, "Ask me whatever," what would you ask of him? I'll and, do whatever you ask. Uh-huh. Anything you want. Yeah, and, and would it would it change the way you pray? And um, I, you know, you had asked me that even before last night's study, and yeah, when we were. This is kind of my point. We were in the Word together mm-hmm. and had prayed. And I said, mm-hmm. let me just ask you a question. Think about for tonight's study. Mm-hmm. If Jesus appeared to you today and said, mm-hmm. anything you want, what do you mm-hmm. want? Mm-hmm. What would you, would it change the way you pray? Yeah. And, and you know how you say, see yourself in the picture? <sighs> Wait a minute. She's crying. <sighs> see yourself in the picture? Like, what? With Jesus asking me, looking me in my eyes, you know, because he knows everything. And the, the first thing that came to my mind was, I really want to love you. I want to be faithful, you know. Um, I like comfort. He knows. Um, I like, and I'm pretty content. Um, so it's not a long life. It's not an easy life. It's not a lot more money or anything like that. Um, but if he's looking at me, I remember the time when uh, Wanda was washing my feet. I could hardly look at her, you know. Um, it was just so like Jesus was right there. And so if he's right there and he's asking me that question, um, that's what I want to be. I want to be faithful. And I, I want to trust him. My In a few studies ago, I could hear him say, Learn to trust me. 
you know, I think I trust him, but that he had to say that was kind of like, okay, what's coming? Kind of thing. So, anyway, I want to trust him. I want to be more faithful. So, say something while I <laughs> blow my nose. Uh, when, when I said that, uh, would it change the way you pray? Uh, the reality is that is that we should be praying every day for His will to be done in our lives, and not ours. Now we can, with grateful hearts, according to the Apostle Paul, make our requests known to God. But what we've got to be able to do is be um, as grateful when He says no, as when He says yes. In fact, even more grateful because when he says no, it, it, it's because he's saying no to things that are going to thwart uh, our walk with him. Um, he, he, he wouldn't say yes to anything that's going to draw us away from him. And he knows stuff we don't know. Yeah. And so if, if you want something, instead of getting mad at God because he doesn't give it to you, um, we need to be able to say, God, thank you so much. Because I know you hear my prayers. I know you love me. I know you have the best for me. And, and Paula, my point last night was that any prayer that we can end with, nevertheless, thy will, not my will be done, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is really the kind of prayer that Solomon prayed last night when God really did appear to him in the dream and say, ask me for anything. And he asked for wisdom and a discerning heart, uh, the, the ability to discern right from wrong. Um, that's one of the things that we ought to be asking for every day because the world that we live in has lost sight of right and wrong. The, 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 the lines have been blurred so so badly that, that we don't even really recognize there is a difference in many cases. And, and right and wrong has become subjective and personal. And it can't ever be that way. God established what's right. He established what's wrong. And we want to be able to say, Lord... Help me to live that which is right. And I think if the Lord would appear to me um, and say, ask for anything you want, I I honestly don't think, and this isn't me being boastful by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think it would change the way I prayed at all. Uh, Even now, when I pray for the things that our church needs, we need a big building. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we can't, he won't let us mortgage one. So um, he has to do something. Um, but but I say, Lord, I don't want it if it's not good for the church, if it's not good for you, if it's not good for me personally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thy will, not my will be done. Um, when we pray for healing, we've got a young woman in our church who's uh, uh, critical, um, um, more than critical even, mm-hmm. in the hospital. And I always feel like, you know, I'm trying to tell God what to do What's best, yeah. when I'm praying uh, because we want her to be healed so so badly. Um, and yet, um, you know, he knows what's best. And so I can make my request known, but I, I have to be able to say, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, parents with kids who are making really bad choices, we got to be able to say, Lord, whatever it takes to bring them to you, because that's your will for their lives. we got to be able to say that. And that's a scary thing. It is. That's and, a scary thing. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when those... Our prayers of nevertheless, thy will not, my will be done. And then at the, the reality of it, like Jim saying, he's praying every day for Myra. Um, you, know, you get a, a wayward child and the way things worked out, it, that's not what was on my list. That wasn't my expectation. And so we have to revisit the almost like the Romans 8.28, but we know but we know that God is working all the things together for the good of those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose. To me, that says, Paul will learn to trust him. Um, because he's not, he's working all the things. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever things. And so learn to trust him that the end result, don't look at what's happening right now, but what the end result might be and that God knows what's best. Yeah. You know, Paul, I had a, an email uh, this week from um, a man who loves God in our church. Um, he's raised three kids who love the Lord and are fruitfully serving the Lord. Um, and he says his heart is just broken. He says, I don't understand. There are, are parents in our church who have done 
same things they did raising their kids. They've been as good, if not better, a parent than than he was to his children. Mm-hmm. And their kids made terrible choices. And the term he uses is, is it really that much of a crapshoot? No, it, it's it's our responsibility to lead him to Jesus. And the hardest thing that we have to understand is that we can't make him drink. We can't. Only God can do that. And it's not like God is refusing. I mean, he's right there with this Mm -hmm, water, like drink mm -hmm. from this water and you'll never thirst Mm -hmm. again. Um, But the truth is we've got flesh and uh, we have to rely on the promise. It's not a a, a, a 100% promise. It's just a general trend promise. Uh, Train them up in the way they should go and in the end they will not depart. And what we can we really can learn is that, that if our children start making bad choices, we, we need to be faithful. We need to be committed to the Lord. We need to set an example of, of, of a joyful Christian life so that they can see our Jesus worth having. But when they make bad choices, because you've done your job, Jesus is going to make it almost impossible for them, almost impossible for them to fall away. And, and, and no matter how hard they try, and in, in, we've seen that. We've seen a whole bunch of kids uh, fall away, uh, fall into horrible, horrible circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then they finally get to that point where they're low enough and they come running back. And usually those are the ones that love much because they've been forgiven much. Mm-hmm. But uh, our job is just to represent Jesus. And, and then we can pray for those children from a right position and say, Lord, whatever it takes. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of times, especially if we were asking parents, Jesus said, ask you anything. Well, bring my kid to you. Um, they should be praying that all the time. But it's not Jesus' responsibility because his arms are stretched, stretched out all out day long. All the time. Um, they've got to make that move. And, and we need to pray and we need to understand that God has nothing to do with this, uh, with their bad choices. And that God, we need to remember that God loves our fallen and falling away kids way, way, way more than we do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, so, you know, uh, to remember that everything God does is because of his generosity. Um, and so, Lord, thank you for the opportunities to continue <clears throat> to learn to trust you. And he just proves faithful so many times, you know, I mean, every time, but uh, for us to notice, for me to notice that and be to be grateful every day. I hope I made the point last night well enough that, that when when Solomon prayed the right thing, God said, OK, I'm so pleased mm-hmm. that you prayed the right mm-hmm. thing, that I'm going to give you all the stuff you didn't ask for. Mm. And that's the generous God yeah. that we serve. He is generous. He's so generous. I can't believe, you know, you were saying, um, it was cute last night. I can't, you can't believe that you're the one standing behind the pulpit. There's like a thousand guys who could do a better job Mm -hmm. than you, but God chose you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually feel sorry for the ladies here. You know, I would say, you guys must've been bad for the Lord to choose me as your pastor's wife, but that's not the case. He just needed a different, different voice maybe or no, no, he didn't need anything. Yeah. That, that's that's the, the, the most beautiful thing. Yeah. He didn't need anything, true, true, true. but he decided he was going to use you and me. Makes no sense. And why it? was he going to use us? There's no why. Yeah. You know, um, um, like a little kid, sometimes I picture Jesus. Why did you do that? Why Why would you love me? Why did you? Because I want to. Uh-huh. I did the message um, last Sunday or a couple of Sundays ago uh-huh. about the I calling. want you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he called to himself those he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have disqualified ourselves. We could have, have messed this up. Mm-hmm. But when you realize he wanted to use us, mm-hmm. um, how can you not be so grateful? I know. And like, well, I, I'm, I'm okay. probably the least likely choice to be a pastor in the whole world. <laughs> and yet what that results in, it makes me the most grateful guy in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't believe how much God loves me. I Paul, told you. We're inside, he said that over and over again. <laughs> we're now I'm inside well three wrong. minutes. Mm. I'm trying to look up this one scripture. Oh, yes. It's in 1 Timothy 1.12. The Lord, a long time ago, before we even came to Texas, um, the Lord was, I was in 1 Timothy, and it was kind of, this is highlighted. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. 
it's, it's he and me. You know, so those two days I was home alone, Pastor Ron, don't get jealous. <laughs> it was just, just you and me here now, Lord. But it says, I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, who has given me his strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. And see, the prayer that, that sort of springs from that is the prayer that says, Lord, help me to walk worthy. And, and I always add two things. Help me to walk worthy of the name Christ. We're mm-hmm. Christians. Mm-hmm. But also, help me to walk worthy of my calling. Yeah. It's not like I, I, I'm striving to walk worthy because mm-hmm. Jesus will be mad if I don't. Mm-hmm. I just want to please him because he was pleased to use me. Yeah. And so walking with Jesus every day puts us in that place where we can honestly say, Lord, my life is so rich and so full. Mm-hmm. And fun. And fun. Yeah. Sometimes heartbreaking, but it's mostly fun. It's heartbreaking a lot. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Yeah. Well, Paula, now we're inside one minute, so you got about 35 seconds. What do you want to say? Oh, I want to say congratulations to AJ and Ariana because they just gave birth a little while ago to Leah Joy. So, yay, seven pounds, four ounces. And we saw the picture, and just for everybody who might be listening from Calvary Chapel, it looks just like the other babies. <laughs> Beautiful and cute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, strong, it's a girl this time. Strong genes in that family. Yay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, you guys. Hope she looks more like Ariana as she grows up. Well, that's that's a sweet thing, too. God bless you guys. Hey, mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of the program. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Have a wonderful evening in the Lord. Have some fun. Husbands and wives, pray together. Mm-hmm. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.